Today, being the Sunday of the annual meeting, the annual address is our sermon, Christ. Greetings in the name of the one holy and indivisible God. I give thanks for you and for the privilege of sharing ministry with you every day. The call in September 2020 to be your priest in charge was a call to come home to a place that resonates with my soul. I love being an Episcopal priest because I believe the Episcopal Church has a unique ability to welcome people, all people, and all perspectives, and to hold the faithful questions and wondering that are part of a growing life in Christ. I love our liturgy and our music, and I love the people. I really love the people, all of you. Without you, all the unique and different and vital parts of the body of Christ, we cannot be church. I love the privilege of walking with you in joy and sorrow, in the mundane and extraordinary moments when God is so palpably present, and the ones when we remind each other that God never abandons us. Thank you for continuing to show up and share this journey. In the Gospels, Jesus' first acts are important. The first things that he does in his ministry. They foreshadow the themes that will weave throughout Jesus' ministry in a particular author's telling of the good news. And today's reading from Luke tells of his Jesus' first act. Jesus has just been baptized and spent some time in the wilderness affirming his commitment to God. Returning home to returning to his home faith community in Nazareth, he reads a passage from the prophet Isaiah at synagogue. It's a brief section of messianic poetry that proclaims good news to the poor, release to the captive, sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed, and the Lord's favor. He has everyone's attention as he returns to his seat. And then he says, quite simply, and that's what I'm here to do. Jesus claims his purpose as foretold in Isaiah and echoed in the song of his pregnant mother. His purpose to bring hope to the least and forgotten, to proclaim God's favor. As we watch his ministry unfold throughout Luke, we see Jesus restoring dignity to people by centering those who have been on the margins, by showing love and giving attention to the least and last of society. His final words to his disciples before his ascension refer back to this first act, commissioning them and us that everything written about him must be fulfilled. Paul's letter to the Corinthians then reminds every community of Jesus' followers that we have to work together to accomplish Jesus' 
Jesus' ministry. The metaphor of the body reminds us that we have among us all the gifts that we need to do this ministry of love and hope for all people. We each bring unique life experiences and skills to our common life at Trinity. And together, we create a whole body for the work of ministry. We are all, each and every one of us, necessary for God's dream for Trinity. God's dream for us, individually and as a community, is fullness of life. Life lived with an energy and a style that makes us uniquely us. Full of life, we continue to grow and discover more about ourselves and about the things we love to do. Knowing who we are and whose we are gives us a deep foundation and a lens for interacting with the world around us. As we enter the third year of this pandemic, we need to stop a moment and breathe, to say out loud how hard these past 24 months have been, to name the losses, people who have died, many of whom we've not had a chance to mourn, livelihoods lost, loneliness, confidence, community, vacations, celebrations that didn't happen or were abbreviated. Two things I have relearned from the pandemic. One, life is short and unpredictable. If we want to leave our mark of God's love on the world, there is no time to spare, because we don't know how much time we have. And two, change, it is an inevitable part of life. There's no going back, only forward. Fullness of life means learning from what we've experienced and growing and stretching however hard it is into the next thing while checking back with ourselves and God to be sure that we are indeed being true to the one who loves and creates us. So let's take a moment to lift up some of the high points of 2021, because there were some. After celebrating Lent, Holy Week, and Easter completely virtually for a second year, we shifted to live-streaming worship from the sanctuary in late May. We took about six weeks to work out the big kinks out of our broadcast system, and then we began welcoming an in-person congregation in July. I get a little choked up thinking about the joy of seeing a congregation in the pews, singing together and sharing the Eucharist for the first time since March 1st, 2020. On a <clears throat> wasn't kidding about choked up. On a warm and sunny August afternoon, we held a belated retirement celebration for Father Jeff Gill, 
It was a beautiful tribute to his 12 years of ministry here at Trinity. On All Saints Sunday in November, we baptized three little ones into the household of God, and we had our biggest in-person congregation all year, 70 people. And the Christmas Eve choir was the only time in 2021 we heard more than a four-voice ensemble, and it sounded like angel song. In a high point of love for one another, we decided to hold services by live stream on December 26th. And nature confirmed that decision by dumping enough snow to make it dangerous to get to church that day. Meeting the week after Christmas, the vestry confirmed that we should remain live streaming until this current pandemic surge subsides. Thank you for staying in relationship with Trinity for these past two years. They have been difficult years. For many of us, they've been difficult personally, and they have been hard for the Trinity community as well. As we look into 2022 and beyond, it's clear that our world has changed. This isn't another one of those incremental shifts that we naturally make without much reflection. We're at a pivotal point of choosing how we will grow, who we will be as God's ambassadors at 8th and James, next to the freeway and blocks from our hospitals in this world that we live in now. This year, we will work together to faithfully dream Trinity's path to growth. We will celebrate our 157 years of common prayer and service to God and to our Seattle community. We will learn about our neighbors. We will remember and name our deepest values as a community and imagine how those values take us into the future. My personal themes for 2022 are hope and curiosity. I chose those words, or perhaps they chose me, because they are both affirmations and aspirations. Things I believe I already possess and attitudes I want to cultivate and lead with this year. My hope and curiosity are rooted in my faith, in knowing that God loves me and you and Trinity, and that God gives us all the gifts and talents and resources we need to grow and build God's kingdom. My hope and curiosity are also rooted in the practical reality that staying where we have been, where we are, is unsustainable. At the moment, Trinity is doing okay. We have some not unexpected challenges, and we have the strengths to meet them. We are definitely feeling the effects of the pandemic in the areas of finances, participation, and connection. And our strengths lie in our leadership and the many yet unshared gifts and passions of all of you. 
We are in a similar place to many Episcopal churches in our diocese with challenges to our finances and participation. You will hear from our treasurer, Chris Grunfeld, at the annual meeting that our financial challenges as we enter 2022 are again on the income side of our budget. By reducing staff positions, banking on increased pledging, and increasing the draw from our endowment, the vestry adopted a budget this year that is close to balance. But that follows a 2021 budget that realized a nearly $190,000 shortfall, a shortfall that will require a significant withdrawal from our endowment. Trinity's endowment is a beautiful gift of past generations, and every time the vestry decides to withdraw principal from it, we shorten its future reliability for ensuring that Trinity's ministry goes on here in Seattle. With 56 pledges for $210,000 recorded as of this morning, we are about two-thirds of the way to the minimum amount we need to make this year's budget work. It is not too late to make or increase your pledge for this year. And, as always, one-time gifts are always appropriate when you have an unexpected surplus. Another challenge of pandemic life is feeling connected and participating in community life. It's still hard. When we were in person for worship in the summer and through Christmas, our average Sunday attendance was 25 to 30 people, and five of those were usually visitors. Yes, we have visitors almost every Sunday, even in pandemic times. Some of us have stayed away because it feels risky to be around other people. Some of us have gotten used to watching church in our jammies and drinking our coffee, or watching the recording another time when we can give it our full attention. Jesus is with us whenever we gather, and gathering in person helps us connect with one another and with worshiping God. If you've gotten out of the habit of Sunday morning worship in person, I invite you to come back. It's okay if you've forgotten people's names. We have name tags. And it's okay if you've forgotten when to sit and stand or don't know the routine for taking communion these days. We've gotten really good at gentle directions. You could even bring a friend who's looking for a new place to learn and to connect with people. And we will still be following public health advice about wearing masks, checking vaccination status, keeping a safe distance from one another, and opening all the doors and windows for ventilation. I am cautiously optimistic that as 2022 goes on, we will begin to increase social interactions like coffee hour, and formation offerings, and group outreach projects. To do those things, we will need people who are willing to organize, invite, and lead them. Many of our previous volunteer leaders have stepped down during the pandemic, 
So if there is something that excites you that you want to be a part of, please let me know. I'm still new enough that I don't know who to ask, who's got interests in what areas, so I rely on you to let me know about your passions. Trinity is a strong and resilient community. We would not have been here for the last 157 years if we weren't. And at this moment, one of our biggest strengths is our lay leadership. As a priest in charge, the vestry and I partner in leadership. I respect and appreciate the faith and courage our vestry have shown this year. Other leaders have leaned into new ministries, like the team who learned pandemic precautions to be able to welcome and host Sunday worship. And other ministries, like Altar Guild, have flexed to learn new protocols. New leadership has emerged this year with our finance committee, our stewardship team, the Racial Reconciliation Steering Committee, and the Day of Discovery Task Force. There are many, many more vital ministry groups here at Trinity. I hope that you will read the annual report to learn more about them. To continue to grow, Trinity needs leaders with all kinds of experiences and skills. If you don't see something that resonates with you, let me know, because you never know what ideas have been bubbling up and just haven't made it to paper yet. And finally, circle June 12th on your calendar and plan to be busy for God and Trinity. June 12th is Trinity Sunday, and it is the day we have chosen for our day of discovery. We're calling it Trinity Together, because the best way we know how to do this is all together. We want as many people from as many different dimensions of the Trinity community as possible to join us for a full day of storytelling, of naming our community's deepest values, and dreaming about what Trinity's future looks like. The work we do at the Day of Discovery lays a foundation for discerning the next rector of Trinity. This is why it is important for every one of us to be there and participate. And I promise it will be fun. Sunday, June 12th. I'm going to cough, so excuse me one moment. Twenty twenty two is just beginning, and I can't wait to see where God is taking us this year. Dear ones, we stand together at this moment with so much possibility before us, and God is very much with us, working something new in each of us, in our life here together at Trinity, in our neighborhood, and our nation. We may not know all of the twists and turns of the year ahead, but we do know that Jesus commissioned us to continue his ministry of loving the least and last of society, and that we are called to bring our gifts, 
to that ministry. So join me in hope and curiosity about what God has in mind for us, what we can learn our neighbors to know God's love. I'm so excited to see what God will do with us this year and grateful to be asking the questions and learning with you. This comes with my love and prayers. Sabath.